0: Has technology reached the point where it's at terminal velocity or has it plateaued in terms of innovation and getting excited about technology? We're going to talk about that topic next on Today in Tech. Hi, everybody. uh, Keith Shaw here for Today in Tech. Uh, We have a guest in studio. Uh, We have uh, Jack Gold. He's the uh, founder and principal analyst at J. Gold Associates. Jack, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I'm just really excited. So, you know, because we usually have people on Zoom. So this is someone live I can actually look at and talk to.
1: Glad to be here. Uh,
0: w- so the reason I, that I want to talk about kind of the, the tech innovation, whether innovation is dead or alive these days, I, I'm looking back at a lot of numbers. You, you're seeing PC shipments drop over the last couple of quarters. Uh, you're seeing smartphone uh, shipments. They're just not as exciting. Um, there seems to be in the consumer space and somewhat in the enterprise space too. There's just, it's, it's just updates of existing equipment. Right. And I'm just wondering, is, is, is this part of maybe just the economics that are going on, uh, of, of, are we in a cycle or have you seen similar things? I'm, I'm sort of, I used to be a real tech optimist. I mean, I used to write the gadget column for network world and, you know, every year, and this was from 2000 to 2010, there was always something new and exciting. It was a gadget. It was really cool. And then ever since sort of like 2010, there hasn't been much. And maybe it's shifted from hardware to software and people are more excited about apps and mobile apps or little iterations. And so, I, you know, again, this is an open-ended question. Do you feel the same or is it more just that I might just be getting old and, and crotchety?
1: Well, no, that's my job, getting old and crotchety. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what's going on and my impression of what's going on in the marketplace. So we're hitting uh, in a lot of things, smartphones, PCs, et cetera, an innovation curve. And the innovation curve really says that when things are new— Things change really quickly. Right. I want to update all the time. You know, I need a new smartphone every year because things really improved. As we get down the innovation curve, uh, they don't improve very often, right? You, your smartphone, your two-year-old smartphone's got most of what your current smartphone has. Okay. Right. The current ones got, you know, uh, Samsung just announced the, the new galaxies. great camera, got better night vision. Um, it's got a faster processor. For most people, it's probably not that big of a deal. Right. So people are call- keeping their devices for two, three, four years, five years in some cases. Same with PCs. A new PC is great, yep. but does it really give me that much more than I would have otherwise? So to some extent, you're right. Uh, w- again, the innovation curve, when we have o- older component technologies like, like a PC, it doesn't change as quickly. You can't, right? Right, right. So- People are, are, are holding back, and especially now in economic times when people are worried, am I going to have a job tomorrow in some cases? Right. They're not going to go out and buy a lot of new technology. That said, however, there are a lot of new things that are coming down the pike that I think are going to be very impressive longer term. Okay. The problem is it takes time. Right. We don't get stuff overnight. Um, we, we had this little discussion earlier about smartphones and where do they really come from. Well, right. they, they started way back when with Palm Pilots, right? And then Hanspring came along put a radio on it. It's not that- And uh, the
0: Kyocera smartphone, I remember that. That was uh, the first yeah. one I think they actually called it a smartphone.
1: Uh, yeah. Actually, IBM or, had one and okay. I can't remember the name of it right now. And <laughs> um, so, and, and, and Apple built a, a, a tablet and there was all kinds of stuff along those lines. It was mostly experimental, right? Yeah. It took a while before you know Blackberry came along and then we got the iPhone. So that we were really early on the innovation curve and every iteration really made a big difference. That was, what, 15 years ago or so, 20 years ago, perhaps, um, it, it's harder to innovate when you're already when you're already at a high level. Yeah, getting to the next level right. is really tough.
0: You know, it's it's so it, that that raises two points. I you know from this from the Samsung Galaxy they had an event yesterday. Right. Um, I didn't. I wasn't watching the live stream. I'm just not into smartphones as much as I used to be. I remember every time Apple would come out, you'd sit there in your office and watch the three hour live stream of what they were going to announce, and you got really excited about some of the new features. But you know, I looked at the story that that um, I think it's Tom's Hardware wrote and there's like seven uh seven galaxy s23 features that impressed me the most and it was like wow the snapdragon 8 gen 2 mobile platform like i could care less about a, wow. a processor 256 gigabytes of base storage it's like storage really you're excited about storage you know um the smarter nighttime features and the camera it's a bigger camera and then like the the, the last one was the text calling feature called bixby and it was like Oh my, you, you know, it's just, it just doesn't excite me as it, as, as it, as it right. used to. But then I was also reminded when you say that as you get higher and higher, the, you know, the big jump in innovation goes, you know, a big leaps. And then you have small right. little leaps, like the same thing with like computer graphics in, in right. video games and, and, uh, high def TVs. And, you know, we're at 4k, but, and then you want to jump to 8k, but like, you can't even see 8k, right? right. Like, so,
1: I mean, it's a yeah. log logarithmic curve, right? Right. Uh, right. It, it's not linear. it it's it, it falls off the The new innovations when you get higher and higher up right. the curve take longer and longer actually don't necessarily take longer, but have less impact overall than you would have early on.
0: Right. So, you, you know, know, I think that in, in smartphones too, the biggest kind of excitement is around the foldable smartphone right. and that's, that's been out. Um, Samsung has a few, right. But right. you know, people are now th- thinking, thinking either Apple, might do one on an iPad, uh, Lenovo has done some, but like, I, can I get, should I get excited about a foldable screen? I really know, right?
1: Well, the, the question is, what are you going to do with it? And what's the advantage? Why, yeah. why would I want it? Right. So foldable screen in a phone is kind of cool if you want something that's small and compact, right? And it also allows you to have multiple screens open at the same time, which for a lot of people is, is a good thing. Yeah. But for the general purpose user and the normal, you know, run of the mill consumer, it's, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. A, it's something you can show your friends, but you know, you're going to spend an extra 30 or 40% over the, or rather another cost uh, over the cost of a regular phone. Right. Most people probably aren't going
0: to. Like I also wrote down a list that I was trying to, in my head, just trying to think of when was the last time we were excited about either, you know, new hardware or, or software. And we, we had, um, the iRobot Roomba, two thousand two. Facebook, two thousand four. Twitter, two thousand six. And those are software. It's not really, right. you know, uh, that's you know that's sort of when social media started. But everyone was excited about that. You know what it, the biggest <laughs> thing was with
1: PCs, and this is going back almost thirty years now. I think. Yeah. Wi-Fi. Remember right. when oh, the yeah. first piece came? First PCs came out. The, remember the Intel commercials? The guy was sitting on a park bench saying, "You know, I can work from anywhere because I'm connected." That stimulated the market dramatically. I'm going to show you how... I mean, I remember covering the Wi-Fi versus home RF
0: kind of oh debate. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like that, that was early in my career as a tech journalist. Wasn't that but, the 1800s? <laughs> yeah, it felt like it, certainly. Uh, <laughs> wireless. Yeah, I loved talking about Wi-Fi and all the generations, but now I think we're on... Was it Wi-Fi 6? Seven. 7. Yeah, seven. See, again And again, because again, the Wi-Fi in my house works great. I've got three right. kids. They're all teenagers. They have not... They have not with all the streaming they do and all of the stuff that they're constantly just on their phones, right? But they still haven't sort of um, congested the network enough where I need to start thinking about upgrading because I think I have a Wi-Fi six, but I don't even know which devices on my network now. You know, I, I I do have a G and a and. A N sort of separate sure. network. So I do have a 5G, 5 gigahertz, not 5G, the the wireless. Right, 5 gigahertz. Um, well, yeah. and,
1: and, and the other issue that that most people encounter when they're looking at, you know, Wi-Fi 5, Wi-Fi 6, Wi-Fi 7, do I upgrade, is what's my connection coming into the house? You know, I right. You can upgrade to uh, to gig speed on on, on Wi Fi seven, but if you've got a hundred meg line coming into the house, it's not going to do you that much good.
0: Right. So, it's still, that bottleneck is your is your Wi Fi speed is broadband. Yeah. Now,
1: it can handle more devices. So, if you've got if you're in a household where you've got thirty devices because you know your refrigerators uh, online and and all of that kind of stuff, then it makes a difference. But for for the average user, yeah. they're probably not going to see that much difference. There's it, a
0: disappointing technology. The internet connected refrigerator that was just that's like landed like a lead balloon, right?
1: Are you? Do you what, have one? No. Uh, what no. does it do for me? Yeah, it, it's same with you know. Uh, my my daughter asked me a question. She she needs to go out and buy some new laundry equipment, right? New washer dryer. She says I'm looking at this one with Wi-Fi, and I said, why? <laughs> 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 what is it going to do? So it's going to it's going to buzz your phone when the laundry is done. done. Right now, that's actually
0: that's an actual cool feature I might like because half the time you're upstairs. You know, again I. I'm upstairs, our laundry machine, laundry machines, our washer and dryer <laughs> are downstairs. Yeah, and half the time, the, the, I wish that the timing cycles would be equal. And they're not. Like the washer takes only 20 minutes and the dryer takes an hour and a half. Right. And so you forget about the laundry that's just wet and sitting in the, the, the washing machine.
1: Yeah, I figure as long, if I take it out as long as it's not moldy, I'm okay. You can just put it in the dryer anyway. <laughs>
0: The best innovation in washing, and, and again, this is a weird tangent. This is, we're not talking technology at all. The, the coolest innovation lately is, um, the, the downy little dryer beads. No, not the pods. The pods is the, for the detergent, but right. now they've, but somehow some geniuses at Procter & Gamble figured out this is how we can get people to buy more laundry things. It's these little tiny beads. And oh, You yeah. pour them in and it makes your clothes smell so much better. Um, than if you just use the sort of the the the, the Tide Pod type thing. Well, but then everyone or knows the what, knows it, what you
1: use it when you're walking down the street because they can smell you coming.
0: I, hey, <laughs> it's so much better than how I smell if I'm not having that stuff. Um, all right, getting back okay. to getting back. Uh, again, it, it, you know, there's not much innovations going on, and even the the cool stuff. I want to see what you're excited about, but ARVR. Right. It was supposed to be this thing, and you know, I tried the Sony stuff. I haven't actually tried the, the meta-Oculus things. I think I may have tried it at a trade show early on. Um, the Sony stuff for the PlayStation system, uh, I have glasses, and they've never figured out how to have a good, comfortable experience right. uh, with glasses. I, I, the, the second version is coming out. I don't know if I'm going to buy it yet. Apple. Everyone was excited about sort of the AR VR thing that they're working on, but then, like last week or a couple of weeks ago, they're like, eh, "We're probably not going to get it out as, as fast as people expect." It. Do you think that that will spur some innovation? Like, the, are you excited anything about AR VR? I mean, I know that in in the workplace and in factories, that it, you know, there's some movement. That's where you know, I'm, I'm yeah. more excited, right? Yeah. Not
1: not for the normal consumer, but for for industry, uh, medical. You know your doctor's operating, and he's got a, a, a virtual image of your insides right, with, right uh, in front of them when they're when they're operating on you. Uh, machines, you know, you were operating on a machine, you got to fix it, and you're, you know the instructions are coming up in front of you. Uh, or you know, those are the kinds of immediate kinds of capabilities that AR VR can bring to the table that it makes it advantageous for me to deploy it. Right, if I'm on my Sony. Do I really care if it's in 3D? Yeah, some people do, of course, but for me no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and they're by the way, they're still relatively uncomfortable to wear, the yep. big ones, right? Yep. The newer ones where they're more like gla- glass-like with, you know, the camera in front and, you know, focused on on the image on on this on your eyeglasses are better. But then you don't get the the resolution. So did did Google blow it with their
0: Google Glass when they did they come out too early with it and then they gave it to all of these sort of bloggers and influencers and uh, Robert Scoble took a picture of himself in the shower with it and it felt like that killed the whole Google Glass movement. Uh, it just it, felt yeah, or was a, it just because the hardware was just you know clunky and weird and people didn't?
1: It was clunky and weird. Yeah, I mean it it, it was really more an experiment than than a, a regular here's what you should go by kind of environment. Yeah, right. And, and, and I think that a lot of people got turned off because look, in the early days with AR and VR, it's still a case uh, with, with many people. Um, you know, if you've got any kinds of, of brain problems, seizures or epilepsy or yeah. any of that kind of stuff, and you put those on you in real medical risk. Right. Right. It, even if you're not uh, an epileptic, uh, um, it, it, it's a problem. So, uh, I think we have a long way to go before we can prove that these things are really worthwhile. What is it going to do for me if I go out and buy one? Right. You know, I'm from old school. I'm not, I don't go buy stuff unless I think it really will help me. Right. If it's a tool, great. I right. love tools. I buy all kinds of tools. My garage is full of all this hardware. But <laughs> if it's just because, you know, the hammer's painted silver instead of black, it's like, okay, how is that any I think, different?
0: I think it's, it's probably because I'm also getting older and I'm doing more our traditional dad stuff. I went to Home Depot and got excited about a cordless screwdriver drill <laughs> thing because the last one that I had was corded. Right. And you'd have to sort of like, get an extension cord whenever you were doing stuff. And it was like, all right, this is, but then, you know, you, it's I, wireless. I, I know now it's wireless. Well, yeah, it still has to charge with a cable. It's not wireless charging yet. Uh, all right. I'm going to turn the tables a little bit on, 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 on you here. Um, before the show we talked, I, you know, I feel like I'm in that tech pessimism space and, and I brought you sort of on to be sort of the tech. I, I want you to bring me back to your side. Okay. Like get me excited about some, some technologies that, that, might still be early, but down the road, will people will start getting excited about.
1: Well, first of all, let me say that, you know, from a, a pessimist, optimist viewpoint, right, yeah. um, you've got to look at timeframes. So most of the tech that we're talking about now that we we see as, you know, w- w- we've got to have it. I mean, most people still think they have to have a PC. Pretty much everyone thinks they have a smartphone. Takes a decade or more to really develop. Right. To really get to the point where it's indispensable. So if we're looking at what's going on right now, that may not be, you know, in our vision, but maybe in five or six years or seven years or eight years. So what are some of the things that I, I think that are, are really exciting? There's a lot of stuff going in, uh, going on in, I guess what I would call generic IoT. Okay. But uh, it's not IoT necessarily in the sense of what we think about right now. So think about, uh, you've got a medical problem and think about uh, being able to monitor that medical problem all the time right. online right. and being able to tell your doctor that there's a problem coming. What should I do about it without you having to to take any action? Or think about preventing heart attacks, or or at least not necessarily preventing them, right? But but knowing that there's one coming and, right. and being able to call an ambulance for you before you fall down on the on, on the road. Those are the kinds of things that are really kind of subtle in the background, but are really really going to import going to be important. AI is going to have a function in that as well. AI, by the way, is one of these things that you know it's it's like saying uh, air right <laughs> you know there's oxygen there's yeah. carbon dioxide there's nitrogen ai is this broad broad field but there are a lot of interesting things going on in that space again it's going to take years it's not it's not
0: and, again, on. and I'm glad you brought up AI because there was, you know, the whole chat GPT and some of the art AI stuff that we you know we've seen over the last couple of months has been amazing. Right. Like from, from a content perspective of creating text that, that, that works or asking questions and getting a, an actual answer and having a conversation with, with an AI. Um, it, I mean, we're seeing an explosion of, uh, of, of, sort of use cases and people are throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then, you know, then there's the bad news of like, Oh, this is going to do all evil things like write malware and write better spam emails and, and do all this other stuff. I, I, that's what I think most people are excited about, but it's still software. It's still, it's not like something. It's actually not. What, what I would like to see is if someone put sort of a chat GPT AI into a robot, for example, Yeah. And then maybe you could actually have, you could start merging those two and the robot could then start having better conversations. Even if they put it in Alexa, I think. I mean, the Alexa, what do I use it for? And, and maybe you use it for more things, but I use it to find out what time it is. Right. Weather. And I don't even use it for the weather. Right, see, I, 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 and, and, and maybe play a song and then set a timer. Because usually we have kids that are mal- cooking multiple things and we have there's a timer on the on the microwave. And if that's being used... Cause you know, we get into fights if you turn off the right. microwave timer. <laughs> so now we have a second timer and I think Alexa can do multiple timers, but that's it. Like, right. you know, and they're trying to like, Oh, you can play jeopardy and quizzes. I was like, no, no.
1: I, I use it for news. What are the, what's the headlines? Right. Okay. So, you know, I'm sitting, I'm eating lunch and yep. I'm I said, okay, I actually use Google, but okay. That's fine. Same thing. Right. Yeah. Like I have, I have one of each. So <laughs> I'm not prejudiced. Um, but I say, you know, Play headline news. Yeah, you know, sits there and keeps you entertained for ten minutes, and I know what's going on in the world. And then I say, okay, stop and go. Do,
0: but do you think that they're going to integrate sort of the, that? Op- oh yeah. So well, that, they already have. Ha-
1: have that. Well, it's not. It's not Chat GPT. Okay? Yeah. But what? It, what is? What is the real breakthrough with with Chat GPT? It, it, that's the. It's my opinion, right? It's the natural language processing that they're really. Up the game on, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and that's the problem that all of these guys have had for years and years and years. I remember talking to IBM almost thirty years ago now, saying, "Oh, yeah, we're going to do this natural language processing, and you're you're not going to know it's anybody else, and we're going to we're going to be able to listen to what you say." and convert it to text with 99.99% accuracy. Yeah. Right. Well, they never got
0: there, right? Right. Well, that's that, yeah. What was that program? Dragon Naturally Speaking. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think when we got that, we had, we. there's a guy here at work who has a really thick Boston accent. And it's like, I put the headphones on him and just, we just tried to see if they could pick up any of the words correctly. And now it wasn't working very well. The Ka and,
1: yeah. and, and, and yeah. Havad Yad. Yeah yeah, 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 all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But what's going on with, with in AI, there's two things going on in AI, I think that are important. Number one is it's not just about the software. We're doing some fundamental architecture stuff, right? The algorithms, uh, the modeling, that are are going to improve AI dramatically. But the other piece of it is, there's a lot going on in hardware that people don't necessarily see. You know, NVIDIA has been doing a lot of stuff with GPUs, but uh-huh. there are a lot of companies out there that are building AI-specific uh, chips, accelerators for AI. Yep. Uh, NVIDIA stuff is a little bit more generic, mm-hmm. right? These are really, uh, really uh, a lot of startups, right? Really specific for particular models, and so it makes it really fast. Now, you, well, just what, quick, that, what are they going to put those chips in? Great, that great yeah. question. So, one of the things that is holding back AI, uh, generically, right, is that you need a lot of processing power, right? And so, most AI is done in cloud somewhere, or you know, this big, you know, you fill this room with with racks, right? Right. right. Some of these chips are meant to bring AI down to my smartphone or watch, my car. And that's when it really gets interesting because now you have AI capabilities that you can take with you. It's interesting for a few reasons. One, the latency is much less because you're not sending it off to the cloud somewhere. Secondly, the privacy is enhanced dramatically because you're keeping the the data contained. That's one of the problems that we have. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about security and privacy, but that's Mm -hmm. a huge issue going forward. Not just in AI, but generically, right? Right. Um, and And the third piece of that is power. you know some of these big AI systems take gigawatts not not even megawatts right, of power right um, So it won't do everything that you know a, a big rack in an AWS will do right but for specific com, uh, uh, capabilities you know we talked earlier about um, knowing if I'm have cardiac arrest yeah you can't really do that very well today locally because there's a lot of data that goes that okay. has to be processed. But if you have a chip that's smart enough to do that, and the chips are getting so small, and they're, you know we're talking about tens of billions of transistors on these things now, you can do an awful lot in chips, right. and it's going to continue. So that's where a lot of the innovation is going to take place. It's going to be and almost gonna,
0: invisible, and you're going to see it sort of the AI chip then become part of a phone, it's still going to or, like or, or a watch or, or something or, that you or, wear. Okay.
1: Or maybe even embedded. Maybe, you know, they may, they, it's like, you know, a, a pacemaker sticking under your skin somewhere. I, it, the, the, uh, the interesting part is we don't know. Yeah. Or what a lot of this place is, a lot of this stuff is going to go. Does. Okay.
0: So what about um, technology? So we, we, I put a call out for some, some people to try to be on the show. Uh, and I got a lot of, of quantum computing yeah, responses. And like, that just makes my head spin and my eyes roll a little bit because, again, I just don't think people understand what it is or right. it just feels like. Whenever I hear quantum, I start thinking um, Schrodinger's box and the whole is the cat alive or dead or quantum leap. <laughs> just like, you know, jumping back into the past. Quantum
1: of solace. There's a whole bunch of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is
0: it something like, is that, are we years away from maybe being, okay. So that's just small little iterations. Well, is there, there's no real tipping point yet for, for that.
1: Uh, we're probably at least five, probably more like 10 years away from something. That's, I was going to say useful. That's not fair, but, um, Scalable. Let's okay. Say, right. Uh, there's a lot of quantum stuff going on. IBM's doing stuff. So, everyone's doing it. Microsoft's doing it. Google's doing it. AWS is do, playing around with quantum stuff. But uh, you need literally probably a million, what they call qubits, yeah. um, to process anything meaningful. And they're probably in the hundreds. Maybe maybe they've scaled up to a thousand by now, but but generically not. Um, and so we're f- five, 10, maybe even longer years away from really having scalable. Now, why it's important is there are certain things in quantum you can do, you can model that you can't do very well on a, on a computer. Yeah. Including, by the way, break security and break encryptions, which is really a scary thing because there's stuff out there that that is not, it, there's encryption, they call it quantum safe encryption, right? That they th- These things aren't. So routers, uh, your PC, uh, all the stuff that, uh, you know, emails, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, could get really badly hacked. Um, th- there was, you know, you wanted to talk a little bit about quantum, so I'll, I'll give you an example uh, of the conversation I had with one of the vendors not long ago. So, quantum is not real, really real today in, in any big aspect. Yeah. And so, you can't really break encryption right now. But what if I recorded all of the encrypted messages that the US government sends out in five years or 10 years down the road, get a quantum computer that can decrypt all of that and make it make make me, give me the ability to read it. Right. Wow. What damage or yeah. or banks, yeah. right? All the money transfers are all encrypted today, right? So that's part of the issue with quantum. It's not just what it can do today, it's what it's going to be able to do in 5 or 10 years. Along again, along with modeling for um uh astrophysics, for chemistry, new drug advancements, there's a lot of stuff that it can do much better than regular computers. That doesn't mean regular computers that we know today are going away, because they're they are very good at a lot of things. Yeah. But quantum is one of these things where we have to keep an eye on it because it is going to be important longer term.
0: All right. Do you, do you watch uh, uh, the robotics and automation space? I do a bit. Um, yeah. And then and then I'm going to add. Um, drones and yep. and uh, autonomous vehicles cuz i i consider those as robots they're just on either yep. in the air or on the ground or and they're a lot more mobile i i covered robotics for a few years before i came back here to to foundry and to do this uh it robotics was very exciting There were there were movements. And, you know, now it feels like a lot of the robotics companies that are out there are really focusing on the supply chain problems and warehouses and e-commerce and things like that. Um, So it's becoming less and less exciting than it used to be. We still don't have sort of a, a, a consumer robot that other than the one that can clean your floors. Um, I I, robot, know, I yeah. think, yeah, I think people are waiting for a multi-purpose robot that can, you know, fold the laundry or they're going to be waiting a long time. Load the dishwasher. I know I've, I've covered a lot of the research and, and they're not at that point. Everyone keeps thinking about robots that were going to either, you know, uh, kill us all. Or, and I was like, you could just don't worry about it. You, you'll, they're they're only going to do that one thing, and then you can just push them over. And then the, the
1: coolest robots I've seen are from my robot, where they do their little dance. Oh, and that's in the, the videos.
0: Well, Boston Dynamics. Bo- sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. Boston Dynamics. Well, I think yeah. we're going to cover that at, at some other point <laughs> okay. in another show. Um, but even well, the self driving vehicles, there's there. It feels like we're at all all there. Uh, you've got a lot of companies that spent. You know, there's a lot of investment going on in that space, and yep. just you're just not seeing the the levels yet where. Everyone's like, oh, robot car. That's really cool. Maybe I'm more excited about some of these flying cars and these, these, these taxis. Cause I think we're going to have flying cars or flying vehicles, flying taxis. I think we're going to have those before we get to the actual and, road. And, and
1: the main reason is because you still have people on the road. Right. And they're going to be electric. Yes which yes. is actually kind of cool. The problem yes. is that the range is still pretty small, but,
0: but yeah, it's going to be like, if you're in New York city and you need to get to Long Island to the Hamptons, if right. you're one of those wealthy right. people, right. like,
1: right. yeah. All right. right. Uh, now the, the issue about robotics, the, the, and I think people miss this a lot, right? These companies that are, are, are doing their stuff in robotics yeah. need to go where the money is. The money is not in selling you a housekeeper, right? The money is in a, uh, you know, a chemical process that that's costing, you know, making this up ExxonMobil. Ten million dollars a minute if it goes down. Right. Right. Uh, or you know, being able to work in a nuclear power plant because I don't want to expose you to the, the right. The, the, the dirty. Yeah, right. they call it the right.
0: dirty, dull, and dangerous jobs. Right. right. Yeah.
1: And they can make real money there, so that's yeah. really where most of the effort is going on today, and will continue to be until you know you can figure out a way to make money in your house. Right. And it, it's that's going to take a long time. Right. Right. Cars are a little different. <clears throat> Excuse me, because cars. Um, one of the reasons people are looking at autonomous vehicles for cars is from a safety perspective, right? Right. Uh, hopefully, uh, and, and there's a lot of technology that goes into this, but hopefully if you put enough technology in the cars, they'll never crash into each other. You'll never have an accident. Right. But that includes- But you have to get all the,
0: the people off the road. Like. Well, you,
1: <laughs> but so that's when they're looking at, uh, you know- that's where things like 5G and 6G that's coming in a few years are going to be important because you have to have high speed networks but yep. more importantly they have to be low latency you've got to get the data to me fast right and you've got to be able to handle gazillions of different uh, events going on at the same time and, and and components so it's coming autonomous cars you know despite what tesla tells you is not going to be here tomorrow right i think autonomous true autonomy that you know i can take a nap while i'm driving down the Mass Pike here, yeah, is probably at least five years away. Probably more like ten. Okay, uh, and then the problem we have, of course, is if I have an autonomous car and you don't, what good does that do me? Because you're you're still apt to crash into me.
0: Right, I can still yes. That and and again, that's the problem. That's why I, yep. I, you don't see a lot of testing in Massachusetts. <laughs> it's why you you see it in Texas and Arizona, where you know you've got long stretches of roads, and and they're making inroads on uh, trucking, long haul trucking. Yes. Um, that's always interesting too, because you know you've got long stretches of road where there's not a lot of other people, and they've got dedicated lanes and
1: and, and deliveries, yeah. right? So yeah. Amazon, you know, is looking at this, and lots of people looking at it. But that's a little different model, right? Because first of all, they, those vehicles move fairly slowly, yep. And they, it's not like they're on the road, you know, doing eighty miles an hour.
0: And I'm not sure how fully autonomous they are. I think there are people that are driving them, or if they run into a problem, someone gets pinged and yes. they're like, "Okay, I'll fix that problem." Yes. For you. Yes. All right. Uh, any other technologies that there's the, you know, that you you want that you're excited about to, to get me back on that side of tech optimism, or should I jump to my last question?
1: Well, so there, yeah. there's one other thing that I, that I think yeah. that people need to think about. This, again, this is a longer term issue, right? But a lot of what's going on with ICs today are going to lead to. It, it, <laughs> How should I put this? Hybrid people, right? Embedded electronics. Ooh. We're, okay, gonna be right, We're right. going to be Borg. We're going to be Borg learning. All right. Talk but, to me. Talk to for, me about this stuff. But for good reasons, right? Okay. So think about, you've seen these um, exoskeletons for people who can't walk.
0: Yep. And prosthetics. That, things, yes. Yes. Yes.
1: That's amazing stuff. Think yeah. about that. You know, you're making people walk that couldn't do it before. There's going to be more of that kind of stuff, you know, whether, again, whether there's a heart pacemaker or, I don't know, you're a diabetic or whatever it is, there's going to be a lot of those kinds of interventions. Um, and I think that's really exciting from a health perspective because what we're, hopefully, what we're doing, You know, there's always a negative side to everything, right? But hopefully what we're doing is making people's lives better. Yeah. And that's ultimately what we want technology to do.
0: All right. I remember a lot of the exoskeletons that that started out would really help those people that couldn't walk, the ones that were paralyzed and helping them gain some mobility. But then we started seeing some like industrial type vests that people could wear just to protect their backs if they're, you know, I think uh, uh, an auto factory worker does most of his work like this. Right. And, you know, when he's, when he's under the cars above him and he's. Doing some sort of screw driving things like that, the back pain that yeah. that that's for eight hours a day is is pretty intense. So there were these vests. So it's moving slowly from the sort of the medical benefits, which I love, into more industrial to protect workers. Um, sports. I'm seeing some stuff where you know you're sort of like giving not not an advantage, but but preventing injury right. things like that. Right. So yeah, all right, you you win that point. <laughs> the oh the, so but. What, you know, what will I have a chip in my head doing other than health monitoring or things like that? Like, is there anything else? Like, am I going to be streaming movies just in my brain and thinking that I'm seeing something at some point? People are thinking about that. Not not
1: so much movies, but what if you're blind? Yeah. What if I could tap into your optic nerve? Okay. And, 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 you know, with the right technology, let you be able to see again. Put a camera on your forehead or wherever, right? And you could walk down the street and see what's going on.
0: I think I'm getting some, so as I get older, I'm getting some hearing loss, too. That oh, would be another, yep. another another thing one. that would that would be beneficial. Um, it would just be something like to help me remember things, too. I think it, that would be helpful. It, we're
1: going we're to become the Borg.
0: I, all right. <laughs> but then I think, you know, that raises so many questions about, you know, monitoring and data ethics, and privacy absolutely. and security and absolutely. ethics. We'll, we'll get to that point at some point. All right. My final question for you, sure. Jack, is, is, and this is something that we were thinking about, is that for a long time, we haven't had sort of a tech visionary to sort of guide, not guide us, but sort of like be that, that innovator, that inventor, you know, Steve Jobs was, was, was an example, Bill Gates, even, you know, from the early days of Microsoft, um, Mark Zuckerberg with, with Facebook, with Facebook. I mean, we're talking like Steve Jobs is up here and the other guys are, are you know, a little bit lower. <laughs> and I'm trying to think like, we haven't really had that. I mean, some people would argue Elon Musk is that guy, but I think with the Twitter stuff he's now become more polarizing. Um it, do we does the does the tech world does the do we need someone like that or have we moved on from that tech guy as a superstar mentality?
1: I don't think we need the superstars to be honest with you. Okay. Uh I mean th- those guys did what they did when they did it in a new emerging marketplace where people weren't familiar with the tech and uh they were evangelists we always need evangelists we always need tech evangelists but we don't necessarily need them at the same level first of all there's a lot more diversity now right yeah. so it would be really hard to have those you know in, in bill gates's days there was the ibm pc and there was dos in the early days and that was it and it was a whole new platform and and people needed evangelizing. Um, now we've got so many different areas. You know, do we have? Do we need an evangelist in drones? Do we need another one in um, quantum? Do we need another one in you know the, the next wireless technology? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think there's going to be there are going to be some of those, but I think there's enough stuff going on that and people understand tech, a lot more about technology yeah. now that I think that'll that'll go on by itself. Uh, the second piece of that, though, is that um, I'm not sure it's necessarily good that we have those kinds of folks because they tend to uh, not shut down necessarily, but they, they, you know, they suck all the air out of the, out of the room. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on that people do some really good stuff on that, that doesn't get uh, looked at because, you know, Elon Musk just said something on Twitter that yeah. you know, he shouldn't have.
0: So are we idolizing them in hindsight? Maybe like maybe we're giving them more reverence in the rearview mirror than maybe when they're doing their stuff, or is there's there's a lot of worship that goes on while they're doing it?
1: Uh, absolutely, yeah. and and look, they make a lot of money for a lot of people, which is a big part of that, right? Yeah, um, uh, but you know they. They wear pants like we do, right? <laughs> they put on a shirt in the morning, hopefully. And and shoes. No, they have people that do that. Well, for them. okay. Well, <laughs> hopefully you don't dress them, but okay. Maybe pick out their clothes.
0: Okay. All right, Jack. That's all the time we've got for today. Right. Thanks again for coming in studio and, and being with us here. Thanks. It's great. All right. And don't forget to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Add any comments below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.